We have a couple of hero stories for you. Uh, hopefully, General Flynn will be joining us here in a few minutes. He's in Washington, D.C. I'm in Washington, D.C. We'll talk about that coming up in a second. Another hero story, an update from what happened uh, yesterday. I read a letter from a teacher uh, to their the school's uh, parents saying, I got to warn you, this what you're about to have happen to your kids is very dangerous. I told you she was in trouble for speaking out. I'm going to give you an amazing update on this brave woman coming up in just a second. Also, the meter, the media and uh, Hunter Biden, the actual then and now the actual words that they said then now that they're covering this time magazine has named a person of the year. I'll give you a hint. It's not a person. And also Alan Dershowitz on the Texas Supreme Court filing. What does it mean? Does it have a chance? All of that and more in 60 seconds. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Well, it's the weekend, and you know what that means. Pounding down a case of beer, heading up to the mountains, you know, hunting Sasquatch with a baseball bat. Is it just, is it just me? Or... You could be just kicking back and grilling out, no matter what the weather is, on a Rectech grill, which is honestly a little more enjoyable than, uh, you know, beating a giant Sasquatch to death with a baseball bat. I mean, at least in my at least in my circle of friends, it grills, it smokes, it even bakes. It's a Rectech. It's smart grill technology ensures that you're going to get a perfect meal every time you use it. And you control and monitor the whole thing from an app on your phone or any device. It's beautiful. It's built like a tank out of stainless steel. And with Rectech, you're cooking with culinary perfection. Don't take my word for it. A-B these things. Go to uh, Rectech, R-E-C-T-E-Q.com. That's Rectech.com. Go there now. I am in uh, Washington, D.C. I flew in last night with my daughter. Um, I posted a couple of things on Instagram, a picture of my daughter and I on the uh, airplane, and I was <laughs> I was shocked by how many people uh, said to me on the Instagram posts, I can't believe you're caving in and you're wearing a mask. Well, yeah, that's the price of flying now. It's kind of like, I can't believe you stood in that line for TSA. Yeah, well, that's kind of the price of flying now. If you want to fly, you got to do it. I choose to fly right now. Uh, And I don't think it's a problem uh, to do it. You know, if I don't want to fly, I want to drive. I'm not wearing a mask. If I want to go into a restaurant and they have a mask policy and I don't like it, I'll go eat at another restaurant. Uh, I mean, it's... It's the way society works. And I agree with you that it's ridiculous, but everybody has a right um, to uh, wear a mask or not wear a mask. Unfortunately, uh, the states constitutionally do have a right to require you to do certain things in a pandemic. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. I don't do it in my own home. I just said to our makeup artist, she came in, she was all masked up, 
And I said, if you're wearing that because of political correctness and being around me, you don't have to wear it. If it makes you feel more comfortable, you can continue to wear the mask. I don't care. I don't care. Uh, but, uh, you know, if you want to fly, that's what you're going to do. Anyway, so my, uh, my wife and I were invited to the uh, Christmas party at the White House tonight. And uh, she had to stay home and deal some things with the uh, family. And so I took my, my uh, youngest daughter, Cheyenne, and she is getting all dressed up. She's very excited uh, to meet the president today and go to the White House. I can't imagine as a 14-year-old kid what that, what that memory is going to be like. Um, you know, especially after the White House is burned down to the ground and we're all living in Gula. <laughs> Sorry. There is a uh, there is a a march that is happening here in Washington D.C. and you may not have heard about it because they didn't put together a website or anything else. It's all really kind of word of mouth. Uh, but it is the Jericho March, which is a call upon all people of faith for prayer and fasting and the peaceful protest in the service of God, defense of life, liberty, and justice. It's called the Jericho March. And it's comprised of Judeo-Christians um, praying to God to intercede and help us forgive us and expose the darkness, you know, of ourselves and of others so we can find real justice and a way to move forward uh, at this time. It's a, supposedly going to be a uni uniting celebration. Of course, it's not going to be because Antifa and others will be there. And if it's even covered, you know, this is what really pisses me off. <laughs> you know, I, I got here today and I was supposed to leave tomorrow morning. And the city is expecting such a crush of people. I hope that's true. That they said, you may not be able to make your plane. And I said... Is it a good protest or a bad protest? They said, well, it's it's a Jericho march. And I said, oh, well, then I don't mind moving my plane. I'd like to stay for it. I hadn't heard of it. Here we are at a time. Do you remember the the pink hat revolution? All of those marches, how they happened and they were covered endlessly. How come none of these are getting coverage? I mean, I know the answer to the question, but I mean, I just like to point it out. There's no website. It's happening tomorrow morning here in Washington, D.C., around the U.S. Capitol and the Supreme Court. Uh, a lot of our friends uh, are going to be there, uh, including Eric Metaxas. Uh, General Flynn is also going to be uh, speaking and uh, a lot of others either through video or actually being there. That's tomorrow in Washington, D.C. Now. Let me give you an update on something that happened yesterday. Yesterday, I told you about a very brave teacher, a teacher that wrote to the parents of her students and said, there's something that is coming next week and you have the right to opt out. And I have opted out. I refuse to teach this and it may cost me my job. But I'm not going to teach it, and I'm writing you this personal letter from my personal email account so you as parents know I'm concerned and what my concerns are. And she went into it, and she even provided the links to the videos that were included in this sex education. And she said it's not a sex education. It's actually a, uh, a sex indoctrination or relationship class. 
Uh, doesn't sound like anything I want my kids in. But, I mean, if you do, that's fine, I guess. Well, she was afraid she was going to lose her job. Um, I was afraid she was going to lose her job. This was a big risk on her part. I got an email late last night from this teacher, and I want to read it to you. Glenn, thank you so much for reading my letter. Sometimes we as teachers do feel alone and wonder if we should even bother speaking out. First of all, I feel the same way every day. And everybody, I have the luxury of people writing to me saying, Glenn, there are millions of us that are behind you. We feel the same way. Don't stop speaking out. Let me do you that favor and say that to you. If you feel alone, you're not. You're not. It is by design. In fact, Cheryl Atkinson and I talk about this on the podcast that's out today. Um, I interviewed her for, what, an hour or 90 minutes yesterday. She's fascinating, uh, and she knows what's really going inside the media. But I went to places I don't think anybody's ever taken her uh, and, and talked to her about feelings and opinions on different things as well as facts. Uh, and I will tell you that we have got to stand up and stand together and don't feel alone. As she said yesterday, that's by design. By design. Anyway, she said, I'm encouraged that you advocated for teachers on such a level. We need our warriors by our side to fuel us forward. We need to know that we are more than just a few tiny souls. I am thrilled to tell you that after I sent that email to approximately 90 parents, I was called into the principal's office. Yes, that trip is still intimidating. To my relief and joy, my principal assured me that she had no intention of letting me go. She is a believer herself and was disgusted by the content of the lessons. She jumped through many hoops to meet my request of being removed from any association with the sex ed curriculum. Further, she did as much as she could to put distance between the students and the curriculum and provide the parents with the only pathway for the student to access the information. I am so thankful for my principal. To give you a bit of background, we're a Title I school. I'm a lifetime resident of this area. Uh, we are living in the buckle of the Bible belt. She said many people in the area believe they're born with Bible in one hand and a shotgun, shotgun in the other. She lives in Oklahoma. She said, Tulsa, being a city, is more liberal than its suburbs. I met many uh, folks who treasure their Christian heritage and ache as the destruction of their moral fabric creeps into their students' lives. Maya Principal assured me that my job is safe right now. I'm thankful for that today. But if things change, I'm ready and I'm in peace. As for keeping my submission anonymous, I deeply appreciate the respect you showed. Most people in the media wouldn't have blinked twice at the potential consequences of divulging my information. However, I am not afraid. With God as my provider and my protector, my, tr my life is truly an open book, and I am okay with my name being said aloud to anyone in regards to this issue. I have nothing to hide and nothing to apologize for. I, I cannot take my job and my income, which is, in fact, the primary income of my family, to heaven with me someday. 
I will take my acts of love and answer for how I use the life gifted me. If you'd like to talk further about this, please feel free to call me anytime. Thanks for being a strong vessel of God in his service. Amy Cook. Amy, you are a remarkable godsend and a real light in the darkness. May your example inspire many others to do the same. And may this conversation that we have had without even speaking or meeting with one another, may it inspire people to know that they too need to stand and that they are not alone. In the peace of God and the peace that Christ has given us, especially at this time of year, thank you, Amy. American financing is here. COVID has uh, led Americans to use credit cards for everyday expenses. This is happening more and more now. And, you know, it's well as good as long as you're paying attention to the monthly statement because at 17% or more of interest, your bill is going to start adding up fast. And there is nothing worse than high interest debt. Now, if it sounds familiar to you, I want you just to take a moment to think about getting a refi on your mortgage. This is going to be done without setting, resetting the terms of your mortgage. Because the mortgage consultants over at American Financing are known for helping homeowners save up to $1,000 a month, you need to call them. Now, $1,000 a month simply by consolidating that debt into your mortgage. It's a strategic solution, and it's not as hard as you might think. Call American Financing and learn about their custom loan offers. Right now, there's no pressure, no upfront hidden fees, just as always, and they are ready for a simple conversation about better ways to manage your debt. Call American Financing at 800-906-2440, 800-906-2440. It's AmericanFinancing.net. American Financing, NMLS 182334, www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. 10 seconds, station ID. From CBS News, quote, federal prosecutors are investigating Hunter Biden's tax affairs, according to a statement released by the president-elect's son through the Biden-Harris transition team. Mr. Uh, Mr. Biden's son learned about the probe led by the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware on Tuesday. <coughs> oh, crap. <clears throat> Sorry, I have something in my throat. They learned about it on Tuesday. Two sources familiar with the investigation tell CBS that the tax investigation of Hunter Biden began in 2018. Now, this is the part that's really great. Sources explain that during the election season, the investigation went quiet, otherwise known as going covert, and noted that it would have violated policy at the FBI or Department of Justice by taking any said overt steps that would affect the election. Really? That's DOJ and FBI policy and the policy of the media, too, which is really strange and new because James Comey 
danced to the tune of a different policy in 2016, didn't he? Hunter Biden's statement said, I'm confident that a professional and objective review of these matters will demonstrate that I handled my affairs legally and appropriately. Legally? Well, that remains to be seen, though it's entirely doubtful. Appropriately? No. Uh -uh. If Hunter Biden's business deals in China and the Ukraine are appropriate in any respect, Oxford and Dictionary.com are going to need to rush out an updated definition of the word which they probably will. And as for the mainstream media that suddenly discovered their inner journalist, sort of, now that the election is in the rearview mirror, I think it's safe to say to, well, at least mention a potential little issue with Hunter Biden's taxes uh, being a little a little hypocritical at this point, because what did they say in the past? Well, let's listen. The New York Post story that dropped like a bomb last week, seemingly implicating Hunter and Joe Biden, continues to wither under scrutiny, not really dropping like a bomb. We have no idea, and neither does the New York Post, whether any of it was doctored or forged or faked. And that's why the mainstream news media has declined to really touch this story, um, because it just lacks credibility. The story that many intelligence experts say has all the hallmarks of a foreign interference campaign. First, it helps to really view this as storytelling, not so much as news coverage, but as political entertainment. So this political entertainment careens from conspiracy to conspiracy, like a serialized TV drama. How prominent an issue do you think this is for voters? How much do you think it matters? I don't think it, it matters a great deal with voters. That's what conservatives think they can lie through their teeth. The story mm -hmm. that even the New York Post knew was a lie. Who even thought to make that story up? We should note Hunter Biden isn't running for president. That argument has been debunked. Ugh. That's unbelievable. Now, I mean, unbelievable. Let me let me just quote the Daily Beast here. Evidence of the larger probe was apparent, but went largely unnoticed in the days leading up to the November election. <laughs> really? How it was largely unnoticed? How how was it large? I mean, I know how it was largely unnoticed by the by the people of America because mainstream media and social media censored it a hundred percent. They they said it was classic Russian disinformation. I yeah. love this. Yeah, it, I love. This. It's amazing too because it's one thing when I first heard the story too about the Hunter Biden laptop. It was dropped off at a, a computer store. It seemed like maybe it was last minute, uh, you know, election shenanigans by some operative. Like it, it, it definitely fit that profile. However, after a few days. When the Biden campaign would not deny it was his laptop. Just that. How do you not go to them and say, was this your laptop or not? And the fact that they never have ever been asked to deny whether this laptop exists or whether it was his. We all know now that it is. It was his. But they didn't even go to that extent to make them go on the oh. record and say it wasn't the laptop. They had no could you interest because they didn't want to blow the election for Joe Biden. How could you possibly uh, dismiss this authoritative voice? Let me give you some headlines here, Stu. I mean, they're mm. the authority on this. Politico, 1019. 
Hunter Biden story is a Russian disinformation. Dozens of former Intel officers say Mm. now Justice Department interest in Hunter Biden covered more than taxes. Federal prosecutors have investigated foreign ties and possible money laundering. Well, that's uh, that's two months different. Mm. Uh, But they were authoritative at the at the time. You must listen to them because they knew what was right and everything else was wrong. Until two months later after the election, CNN, then the anatomy of the New York Post, dubious Hunter Biden story. Now, federal criminal investigation into Hunter Biden focuses on his business dealings in China. New York Times, then Fox News is covering Hunter Biden claims more than 2016 WikiLeaks emails. Now, Hunter Biden discloses he is the focus of a federal tax inquiry. USA Today tabloid got a trove of data on Hunter Biden from Rudy Giuliani. Now the FBI is probing the possible disinformation campaign. This is the Glenn Beck program. <laughs> it's amazing. All right. Uh, we have Alan Dershowitz coming up in just a few minutes to uh, comment on the Texas Supreme Court case. We'll talk about that. First, let me tell you about Temp and Toss. It's perfectly acceptable if you're the sort of person who still likes you know, taking your temperature and the temperatures of those around you the old-fashioned way. Uh, but there's something, you know, there's something to be said for tradition, although I like to take baby's temperature free of the buttage thing. You know what I'm saying? Old ways aren't always the most accurate or the best way to do it. Right now, Temp and Toss is this little paper strip. It's revolutionary, and it is an accurate way to keep tabs on temperature of your sick kid or really anyone. It's a paper thermometer stuck on the forehead. Hours of accurate temperature readings without the need of any discomfort or buttage. And they come also on a roll. You can get them in a little box at, you know, wherever, you know, major retailers. Or you can get them rolls of 5,000. Tempentoss available at tempentoss.com slash back to work. You want to use it at work or just at home, find it at your usual retailers. And go to blazetv.com slash Glenn, promo code Glenn. Ten bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV. Ah, there's uh, two controversies we're both passionate about. I'm passionate about one. Stu is passionate about the other. You're going to have to decide which one's more important. I am very passionate about Ben and Jerry's new flavor. Uh, and <laughs> I'm the fattest man except for Santa. Fattest man on the planet at this point. And even I won't buy it because it's uh, it's saluting the very, very brave Kaepernick. Uh, ben and Jerry say Colin is just he's the very best of us. Oh, my God. And so this is your way to salute Colin Kaepernick and his anti-police stance, anti-America stance. And I think, no, you could be the last ice cream maker and this could be the last gallon of ice cream on the planet. Answer, no thank you. <laughs> no thank you. No. Uh, even, You've I mean, been hippies the whole time. I mean, I thought I would get hippie hair in some of the, you know, ice cream flavors, you know, Ben and Jerry, but mm-mm. You've gone too far. This ice cream is dead to me. And it's not actually ice dead. cream, we should point out. It is it is vegan, uh, some sort that of... That doesn't make it better. That oh. doesn't make it better. That just means what? 
What? You're, it's not even ice cream now. I was it's not, not even ice cream. I was not arguing it was an improvement. I was no, I know, <laughs> I know. But you're just you're needling me. Mm-hmm. You're yes, needling me. I well, I'll, turnabout is fair pro, fair play. You know what, Stu? Hmm. I mean, the media didn't know for sure that Hunter Biden <laughs> was in trouble. I they didn't I, they didn't know. Uh, I mean, it looked suspicious at the time. I can't take this one. Look, the Hunter Biden thing happens, and they this this story comes out in the New York Post. Again, I've written columns in the New York Post. Like uh, this, I'm not. I didn't. I wasn't like immediately d- dismissive of the New York Post. But it comes out, and it was a. It seemed like we talked about it at the time. The 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 way this came about seemed very shady. In that, like, really, Hunter Biden just dropped off his laptops with incriminating documents at a computer repair shop, and then it, it mulls around for a couple years, and then a couple weeks before the election, Rudy Giuliani gets a hold of it and just releases all this stuff. It felt questionable, I would say. Not necessarily that the it information did, it was did questionable. for the first... Mm-hmm. Yeah, not the necessarily the information, because the information was verifying other things, but how it got out and yeah. was released for about maybe, maybe 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, there's a reason to be skeptical, I think, generally. However, Correct. very quickly, uh, that changed. And the reason why, to me, it changed is that for some reason, and I don't know if anyone in the, the media bothered to look at this, but they didn't deny that it was his laptop. Like, when an crazy accusation comes out two weeks before an election, you come out and you say, of course that's not his laptop. This was made up by Rudy Giuliani. They did not say that. They did not say that. And the media never went to them to try to figure out if it was actually his laptop. There was never a moment where they said, you know what? None of these emails, none of these videos are true. They just said, well, this is another series of attacks against our campaign. Yeah, but wait a minute. Are they true attacks? Did these things actually happen? Because these, this is something. We broke the news we showed you the email between the guy who is the service guy mm-hmm. and Hunter Biden's attorney mm-hmm. saying, hey, could we get the email back or can we get the the the, the uh, computer back? I mean, you can't say that it wasn't his when you're asking for it back. You had multiple business partners of Hunter Biden talking about not just that Hunter Biden, who we all knew was a douche before this, but not just that he was out there doing these things, but that his dad and his dad's brother were tied into them, right? Like these were all things that not conservatives were saying, the business partners of Hunter Biden. And they were saying them on record over and over and over again. And the media did not cover it. And the reason they didn't cover it, and they foreshadowed this for literally years beforehand, because they said over and over again, they blamed themselves for Donald Trump's loss, uh, for Donald Trump's win in 2016 and the Hillary Clinton loss. They In their internal narrative of what happened in 2016, it wasn't that people were frustrated with Washington. It wasn't that a working class people were rising up. It wasn't uh, it disaffected Democrats switching sides and voting for Donald Trump. That wasn't it. What it was to the media was that they believed they spent too much time 
talking about Hillary Clinton's emails. They believed in their internal analysis that they focused so much on this little story because, you know, they they had scandals for Trump, but they believed and they had scandals for Hillary and they tried to even out the coverage too much. Again, this is insane. I, I, I acknowledge this. This is an insane view of the 2016 election. But the mainstream media believed that they, they gave credence to these theories about Hillary Clinton's emails and, that, and, and the FBI investigation that was tied to it. And they said, well, we're not going to let that happen again. We're not going to give oxygen to these fringe stories. And Mm -hmm. so when one came up right by the election again, that was completely legitimate that they now acknowledge there was evidence of a much wider investigation on under Biden. They just didn't cover it. And now they're paying this cost. They're saying, "Okay, now the elections happened and we'll all come out and we'll put it out there and we'll get we'll take the criticism from the right and everyone will have their headlines and we'll look like idiots, but they don't care. They don't care. But because, they, they they're they not actually care. taking. They're not actually still not telling the truth because on that uh, on that computer that they now say, "Uh oh, looks like there's something on the computer." It is proof that Joe Biden was involved. They're only making this about taxes, mm-hmm. a diamond, and Hunter Biden. They are not even pursuing. Wait a minute. If that's true, then the stuff on the server is true. Who's the big guy? Joe Biden. So they are not actually telling the truth. No. Even yet today. Back with Alan Dershowitz in just a couple of minutes. And we really want to hear Alan Dershowitz's opinion on the Texas Supreme Court. Uh, I have no idea what he's going to say. May like it, may not, but like to hear it. Omaha Steaks. One of the things that's really exciting about home, uh, the holiday season is... Stuffing food into your face. I mean, let's be honest. Yes, it has come down to that. Stuffing food into our faces. It makes me almost tear up. It does. Right now, you can get the Deluxe Griller Assortment from Omaha Steak, which has everything. It has spoon steaks. You know what spoon? This is an actual term that uh, cattlemen use, spoon steaks. It's so tender, you can, you can cut it with a spoon. That's the kind of steaks you're going to get from Omaha Steaks. They're delicious. Plus, if you type in uh, Beck into the search bar, it's going to take you to the gourmet grill packs where you're going to get special discounts and you're going to get four free burgers and a free digital meat thermometer at omahasteaks.com. Make sure you put Beck into the search bar to find these things. It's omahasteaks.com. This is the Glenbeck program. We have Mr. Alan Dershowitz uh, from the podcast The Dersh Show uh, with us now. Alan, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing great. How about you? I'm good. So I don't know if I want to hear your opinion or whether I'm going to like it or not, but I know you're going to give me an honest view of the Constitution, and that's important um, because you have demonstrated uh, not being a political player. You actually stand with the Constitution, and I so appreciate that. Um, as I'm looking at the, the Texas filing uh, with the Supreme Court, um, it seems to me that it creates tension between um, the Bush v. Gore verdict and whether that was proper or not. 
and does it apply now today is that even in the ballpark well remember the supreme court said don't ever cite bush versus gore that was a case for one day and one election only so it's not supposed to be cited for precedent look i think that bush versus gore was much easier one state 600 votes uh imagine a situation where the shoe were on the other foot where um right. uh, say biden had uh, lost the election to trump uh by one state and that state uh, were corrupt and other states sued that state i think the my liberal democrat colleagues would be saying what a great creative lawsuit wow we're behind it larry tribe would be arguing the case enthusiastically saying of course the state of New York has standing to challenge uh, Florida uh, or whatever. But now the shoe is on a different foot. And so all my academic colleagues are saying the lawsuit is silly. It's crazy. It's not crazy. The Constitution says a state can sue another state. And if the votes of one state, Texas, have been diluted by corruption in another state, and if, in fact, the president should be candidate X rather than candidate Y, I do think that there is standing by one state to challenge. The problem with the lawsuit are numbers, evidence, and timing, not abstract theoretical constitutional issues. It's it's the two-minute warning. There are no timeouts left, and they're on their own 10-yard line, and they have to produce evidence, not just allegations that show that there are enough challenged votes that would make a difference in the outcome of the election. And that's a burden that's very hard to meet. Okay, so I think um, we agree. I, I, I mean, me personally, I have my feelings about this election and, and what happened, but it doesn't matter what my feelings are. We need facts. But don't right. you, aren't you, shouldn't they be uh, allowed the uh, ability to present those facts to the Supreme Court? And if they don't stand yeah. up, then they don't stand up. I agree. But the question is timing. How quickly can they do it? The Constitution doesn't designate uh, December 14th, but legislation designates the 14th as the day in which the electors vote. And is there really enough time between today and the 14th for the Supreme Court to listen and hear and evaluate the evidence? One of the criticisms, of course, has been that the courts have said you should have brought these lawsuits earlier. You should have brought them before the election, if there were challenges to things that you knew were going to happen, like mail-in ballots, or immediately after they? the election. Hmm? They, wait, wait, wait. But didn't they? But didn't they, they, Alan? I mean, I remember, I remember people challenging, wait a minute, you can't change these at the last minute. You can't. You've got to go through the legislature. Those challenges were there. In Pennsylvania. And the Pennsylvania lawsuit, I predict, will be won. Uh, the question is, are there enough disputed votes in Pennsylvania? All the votes that were counted and received after Election Day, I believe, will be discounted by the United States Supreme Court. We've certainly gotten that message from Justice Alito's early decision. The question is, are there enough such votes to overcome the 80,000 or so margin of victory that Biden seems to have won in Pennsylvania? That's the question. Should the Supreme Court, and this is uh, an academic question, because I don't know if anybody can prove anything, and we can't operate on what we feel. We have to have proof. Um, But if they could produce, either side could produce evidence that this was 
uh, a a stolen election. Um, Should the Supreme Court rule even if it meant, sorry, you're going to have to flip the score, and I know that would cause all kinds of, it may even cause civil war, Shouldn't the Supreme Court stand with the rule of law and the Constitution, no matter the consequence or not? Yes, I think so. But the Supreme Court has to have credibility. As Alexander Hamilton wrote in the Federalist Papers, it has neither sword nor purse. It lives or dies by its credibility. And if it's a partisan decision and it's perceived as a partisan decision, a lot of Americans won't accept it. So I think they will not try to change the outcome of the election unless it's demonstrably clear from both a legal and a factual point of view, the burden is very, very heavy on those who would change an election. Remember, before we desegregated America, the Supreme Court waited until it had a nine-to-nothing opinion. They were seven-to-two a few years earlier, but Justice Chief Justice Warren said, no, if you're going to desegregate the South, you need to have unanimity. You can't give the other side any basis for saying this is not the law. And I think the same thing would be true if you wanted to reverse an election. It would have to be an overwhelming decision at the Supreme Court, not along partisan lines. I think that's why, um, I mean, we were just talking about it, that even if you accept it and you say, let's look at it, the decision comes out and it's and Clarence Thomas says no, Amy Coney Barrett says no, then it has credibility. But if you don't accept it and at least hear it, you feel like, you know, it's, it's, it's something justice isn't being done. Hear it and then that. unite on the answer. I, I agree with that. I think the American public has the right to know not only for this election, but for future elections. Because, yes. look, we've seen so many challenged elections in the 21st century, starting with 2000. You know, there were complaints about the 16 election. Um, we're going to get more complaints as more people vote by mail and by computer. Um, we're going to see more challenges. So, you know, I've suggested establishing for the future a voter integrity panel, VIP, consisting of VIPs, former justices, presidents of universities, ministers, priests and rabbis, you name it, people who are objective and nonpartisan. And all complaints before the election, during the election, after the election can be brought to them for a factual assessment. So we, the public, can know the truth. Today, with the exception of my podcast and your show, nobody knows where to go to to get the truth. You can't get it on most mainstream media. You're going to get bias. And so I think we need to have a trusted institution that could tell us what's going on with the counting and with the election. I don't know. I don't know any institution that could uh, withstand the societal push towards control of everything. Uh, I think that's a longer discussion. Um, Real quick, I've got about 20 seconds. Is it going to be heard by the Supreme Court or not? I wish I knew. Uh, I think the Supreme Court should write something and say something. They They shouldn't simply dismiss and leave it to us to speculate. Thank you very much, Alan Dershowitz. Have a safe weekend. I will say hello to the president for all of you who are supporting him tonight. Uh, as I uh, meet with him and he meets my daughter. This is the Glenn Beck Program.